Hi, Talia Lazarus here, and welcome back to I Got Back Up. Today I'm joined by Caroline Leon. After surviving a life-threatening rock climbing accident that led her to 14 surgeries and 23 blood transfusions, she was faced with the possibility of never walking again. Caroline found herself deeply broken and facing inner battles, claiming her accident was one of the worst but best days of her life. Choosing to take control of her life, she has been on a transformative journey and has found healing in the mountains. Conquering the seven volcanic summits across the globe and still climbing, join me as we journey through the life of Caroline Leon. What I want to do then is I'm going to get into, I mean, everything that you're doing and everything that you've done and some pretty cool, amazing adventures. But before we do get there, I want to go back into the past a little bit and for you to share in your own words, just a little bit more about yourself um, that resonates with who you have become today. Hmm. Sure. Um, so I guess the reason I'm on your podcast is because I had a, a crazy rock climbing accident. I think it would, would have been about eight years ago now. And uh, I ended it ended up being kind of the best thing that ever happened to me, really surprisingly. So at the time, it didn't feel that way. It felt like it was the end of the world and like I was never going to recover and never going to be OK. And it was very, very tough. Um, but in the end, through it all, it really did become one of the best things that ever happened, surprisingly. And I think that as I've matured through this um, kind of process, I think it might be the case for most people who go through something that's big and traumatic and crazy, that if you can use it as this fuel to to learn about who you are and what you want and what's really important. It can really be this kind of godsend. So that's kind of what it was for me. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic and it's a really interesting mindset. And there are so many different people that when they reflect, they're actually so grateful for what they've been through. And I think people maybe that haven't might look at them and be like, how? But in mm -hmm. their own personal ways, they know and they can see and they understand. So I want to obviously know a little bit more about the accident. So what exactly happened and the aftermath of, you know, physical injuries as well? Yeah, like, uh, so I had a rock climbing accident. I was climbing outdoors on a wall and uh, I had kind of been always very, very adventurous in my life. Um, and always a risk taker. I, I remember seeing a photo a lot later of this. I'm climbing a cliff in Canada and I'm in jeans and I'm barefooted with like a t-shirt and my face is stuck to the to the rock and it's like sheer. And I've seen photos like that of me before and they just now they make me cringe. Um, but uh, basically I was climbing oh, an outdoor wall and I uh, the peg that I was holding onto came off and I just lost my footing and fell. And I fell about, um, look, anywhere between like 10 to 12 metres and uh, both my feet shattered, my pelvis shattered, my pubic bone came off, my right leg disconnected from the rest of my body and my spine kind of exploded. I had a burst fracture there. And I ended up finding myself on the floor. Um, my right foot had protruded out of my body and it was just like out and <laughs> bleeding everywhere. And uh, yeah, I just very calmly lay there like you'd expect to scream and to shout. And I didn't scream. I didn't say anything. 
I didn't shout. I was just in complete shock. And I remember rolling over to my side because I was trying to like lift myself up, but I just didn't have any like power. And I felt all the bones in my pelvis move separately. Like they went dum, 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 dum as I rolled over. And I just had this feeling like, oh, that's not normal. And uh, I couldn't lay on my right side. Obviously, it was completely shattered. And and then I rolled back onto my left side and all the bones moved again in this like crazy dum, 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 dum. And then I just lay there and I waited for the ambulance to come. And I just remember being awake and conscious the whole time, but just very like my peripheral vision just narrowed and and I was just focusing on my heart not intentionally completely unintentionally and I was just breathing and I felt like I don't know if you've ever gone diving where you're just like shh, like you just hear your, your breathing like I just heard my breathing and I could hear my heart beating in my ears and I was hypnotized by that until I felt someone touching me on my shoulder um, even though it's really interesting, I wasn't unconscious or asleep because I remember seeing blood like all around me. And um, yeah, someone touched my shoulder and it was the ambulance and he was kind of talking to me about what we were going to do next. Like, I'm going to put this thing around your neck and and then we're going to put you on this gurney and we're going to roll you over. And I just remember his voice and then he he kept talking to me and calling my name like hey, Caroline like can you hear me and can you see me can you follow my eyes and he kept touching my leg and I remember people talking about something being wrong with my feet um and yeah he was like can you move your leg and I couldn't move it but I could feel it when people touched it so I was like oh okay that's a good sign even though at that stage I didn't even realize what was what was going on yeah and that was that was the start of the best and the worst day of my life. <laughs> One of them. I've had a few of those. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how you say that, isn't it? It's uh, the best but the worst day because I mean, I imagine so much in your life changed after that. But before, obviously, we do go on to on to some of the things that you have done and the achievements that you've done physically. Kind of what happened next? Because I mean you were was it was it true that you kind of told you weren't going to be able to walk again yeah when I went into the hospital initially because I had a burst fracture to my spine um they just they didn't know and I didn't know like thank god I didn't know I would have freaked out if someone told me then but uh yeah they told my husband at the time that uh that I was probably not going to walk and that I really needed to prepare myself and he obviously didn't tell me this until a lot later um yeah and then I mean you are you are walking again um as well as many other things so what was the what was the process for that it's very boring and very long and it takes a long time and people don't really understand that how long it takes to heal from something so drastic but I basically spent two months in hospital I had 14 surgeries 23 blood transfusions both my feet reconstructed my pelvis reconstructed my pubic bone retouched I had part of my spine removed I have an artificial cage and rods and the da, 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 so on and so on. And uh, and then I spent a good 
year in a hospital bed at home and then like learning to sit up and roll over and get into a commode on your own and like I remember some days like I'd sit in the commode and I'd push myself around the house to like I'd push myself from one wall and go in the to the other side and then push and then so I could get to the bathroom and so I could shower myself um and so I spent about a year like that and then a year in a wheelchair and crutches and then the next the last two years I spent uh with a walking stick and walking but walking like someone who had something very wrong with them and it used to make me very angry when people used to say stuff like are you okay I'd be like leave me alone I'm fine <laughs> and uh yeah and yeah and then the last it's probably been the last so a good four years and then it's another four years of oh like I'm my body is okay um but my mind was pretty messy and yeah it took a long time can you share a little bit more about then maybe what was going on in your mind at the beginning nothing there was nothing going on in my mind except like just trauma and fear and lots of tears lots and lots of tears because I had woken up to this realization that one I was potentially never going to walk again two I was now going to live in a wheelchair for the foreseeable future and three I wasn't going to have kids anymore having surgery was a big thing for me as well because I was like very much a purist I'd never had any surgery. I'd never had any like medicine or anything like that. And so it was a really big deal to be totally artificial and reconstructed and and full of scars. I was very like, who is going to love me like this? And I very much like I hid a lot in, in parts of my life for a long time. And uh, then it turned into this this energy that I had to like to learn how to walk and and then I didn't care who saw and I knew that I walked like a disabled person and I had a lot of problems and it didn't bother me anymore but it made me really angry when other people said something or noticed or tried to help and then that part dissipated and then there was this like maybe several years later um this kind of big war that I that I was having inside of me and it was this war of this person that was going in this direction and the war of the person that was going in that direction it's like when I had my accident I splintered into all of these different sub-personalities and they all had their own agenda and they were doing their own thing and and it was chaos and it was challenging to to kind of figure out what exactly was going on and what I what I wanted because I was doing things that were just so different and separate um which was very interesting I don't know if any of that made any sense yeah no it 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 really did and I think it was almost you know I guess as the part of you and so many different parts of you that are navigating through different parts of life you know maybe some things are holding on to parts of the past some things want to go this way some things want to go that way and it's it's a process of just figuring out who you are throughout the healing journey and physically and you know mentally and healing 
I think, well, you said it at the beginning, it's a very important thing to know is it doesn't happen overnight. Um, yeah. it, it's a long journey. It's as long as you, you know, you want to make it because, you know, you can kind of maybe never stop for different things, but yeah. it, it it is, it's a long journey and it's, it's kind of a lot of self-discovery. Yeah. And it was, look, it was a long journey for me, particularly because I had this idea that I wanted to be better than I was before in some capacity. Like that never really materialized because I, I was better than what, you know. Um, but in my head at the time, it was very, a very linear process. So I wanted to be better than I was. And, and I measured it in a physical sense. That's never transpired. I'm never going to be that ever again because it's just so different. Um, but, uh, but difference. Okay. Of course, difference. Okay. And I guess it's, uh, you know, it's one of those difference. Okay. But you know, it's, it's, it's who you are now and it's the person that you've become and it's, it's navigating through life as, you know, who you are today and figuring out what you want to do today and the accomplishments that you want to keep doing moving forward. So, you know, you are back on the mountains, for instance or in the mountain mm. um and then way mm. yeah and I want to ask you then with regards to that because obviously having an accident that was outdoors and then getting back outdoors it's one of those things where people were facing their fears of something that's happened and how how in your mind were you able to go okay I've been through all of this but I am I'm going to go back you know to the place to the environment back outside into the mountains where I have had this huge traumatic event happen? Yeah, honestly, I don't know what it was that fueled this idea or this need to, to go back out there. Um, but I did have this sense that I was deeply broken and in more than a physical sense. And, uh, and the like facing of the fear wasn't really something that I was very conscious of. I did have moments where like, for example, I remember standing on someone's balcony when I went to have like, we were going for, I think it was a birthday party or a barbecue or something in someone's house. And I was standing on their balcony and I had like this panic attack on my own to myself whilst everyone is eating I was having heart palpitations and sweating and I thought I was going to faint just standing there just and I wasn't even close to the edge I was like three or four meters from the edge and uh, I just remember talking to myself and just breathing and being like it's okay like you can do this look Carrie you're safe you're on the the floor your feet are touching the ground like really stupid things um but the deeper part of me that ended up going back to the mountains I think was just a way for me to heal and I didn't know what it was that was going to heal me um but I knew that all of the answers were not here um they were somewhere in nature and I knew that I had to be there and I didn't know how long it was going to take or what I needed to do but every mountain that I ended up climbing after that it just felt very right and I just kept doing it because it felt right I don't know how long that's going to last so it might stop and I might move on to something else but at the time it was a way for me to get better at walking and to be 
out of all the bullshit where what I looked like mattered and how I walked mattered and what I dressed like mattered. Like I was just in trekking pants. I looked like shit. I didn't care what people thought about the way that I walked. I wasn't valuing myself and my appearance. And it was, I was just walking and it was kind of like a moving meditation, so to speak. And every mountain that I climbed, I felt better about myself. And and I, I think of it now, I'm, I'm quite auspicious about mountains, but I think there was like some kind of energy transference. Like they knew that I was messed up. They were sending me lots of mountain energy and I was just absorbing all of that, uh, all of what nature had to offer. And step by step and really small, small steps, I got better. I got better at climbing. I got better at walking. I got better at, you know, not listening to all the rubbish in my mind because that's it's like I don't know if you've ever run before but the first time you start running like your mind is just like just full of shit for like 40 minutes just thinking and thinking rubbish like you end up making up stories about stuff you're so full of shit and in the end there's nothing because you've thought about all of the shit and there's nothing to think about and now it's empty and now I can get to that empty place really quickly. And that empty place is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it and love the space that I have there. And it just, it heals me or it did anyway. And the thing is, is I, well, a lot of people say uh, that nature and being in the outdoors, it's, it is, it's a very therapeutic place. And, you know, being at one with, you know, whether some people believe it, some people don't, but being at one with nature and and everything around us it, it's incredible um but I completely resonate and understand how you feel when you are in the mountains because I have the same thing you know when I'm rock climbing and when I've done things like that and it's one of those things where people people you know question and they ask me you know how do you think about these things when you're in the mountains and it's like but you don't when you are there it's like everything you're right everything disappears maybe for the first beginning it's all, it's all there it's all there and you're like oh please go <laughs> and then as you slowly ease into the environment and where you are and the energy you're right the energy around you it it clears your mind and it takes you I mean it takes you for me it takes me into like a complete flow state because I guess at the end of the day all you are focused on is the very present moment and you know getting one foot in front of the other you know whether you are you know, whether you are actually climbing, climbing with your hands and feet or whether it's more of like a hike. And it, it it's it's where you're putting every hand, where you're putting every foot. And that's the present moment. Mm. Yeah, the present moment is is lovely. Yeah. But also, I feel like I can't run away from myself there too. Like, <laughs> you can't run, you can't hide. You just, you're in the present moment with all your rubbish. And at some stage, you realize that it's not really important at all and you start to realize what is and and that's that's a nice place to be I was actually going to ask you that I was going to say have you ever had it where you've started a mountain and you've had these thoughts or you know specific anxieties or whatever it might be and then by the end of it that thing that you know an hour before you were so worried about you're like "Eh, it's it's not as big as it is anymore yeah and look now I can get through it a lot quicker because I know what to do specifically but back in the day when I first started going back into the mountains like the onslaught of poisonous thoughts that would go through my mind um 
they were just crazy. And sometimes because my mind wasn't strong enough, I would let them take over. And before you knew, knew it, I was like sitting on the floor, like trying to talk to some guy who was going to put me on a donkey and carry me down the mountain because I thought that I couldn't do it. And though that's the reality of things. It's just one poisonous thought that you you let just mushroom into into the reality that you're in and I've come to realize now that they're just fleeting thoughts they're not the truth and you can breathe through them or move through them or I like to talk myself through them it sounds so basic and silly but even the most recent time that I climbed Kilimanjaro um it was so I've climbed this mountain now a lot but recently I was there and I, I was on the crater and I got really tired at the top we'd climbed up so fast that I was on the crater and it was like 4.50 in the morning. So it was completely dark when, when we were almost at the summit. And uh, I remember just like thinking to myself for about 10 minutes, like I can just close my eyes and walk around the crater. Like I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm going to take a few steps. And all of a sudden I was like, what am, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, wake the fuck up. Like you can't walk with your eyes closed here and so then I was talking to myself like Carrie like wake up like let's go into your bag get some juice like this is your brain tired with no oxygen this is not right like but the old me would have would have let that thought just prevail and then I would have been like I can't do this anymore like this is too hard I'm too tired like and I would have found that outlet out but yeah, now I'm like, oh, what's, no, this is one of those poisonous thoughts that. Intrusive thoughts. Anyway. No, intrusive thoughts are really interesting um, and how they ruminate inside different people's minds for you know, whatever it might be, whether that is just, you know, closing your eyes and, you know, walking along the crater. It's it's really interesting how, and then realizing, wait a minute, I, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. This isn't going to go how I think it's going to go. Let's yeah let's snap out of it and oh. hmm? yeah you let but you know people have different thoughts like I can't do this or I'm not good enough or I can't I can't keep going like I can't keep going is one that I hear so much and it's like actually you, you really can keep going you just think you can't right now like in this moment in time you think you can't keep walking but that's not really true um, it's just it's very interesting what surfaces in the mind and what we realize is true and what actually is just a thought so what's something then that you learn or you have taken from being in the mountains into then your everyday life when you're not outdoors I have two very different lives I have a life where I'm on the mountain and then I have a life where I'm in Dubai and I'm busy and like just everybody else that's living crazy, hectic lives. So I have these two polarities and I exhaust one, the busy, crazy life with Wi-Fi and all of that rubbish. And then I go into the mountain and it's like complete decompression. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for that because I don't know how I could I how I could live or sustain what we're all doing um anymore. It's just it's too much. It's too tiring, it's too exhausting, it's too everything. So I'm grateful that I have an outlet 
And, uh, and what I've learned from that outlet is like, just to do what you love, really, like to do what you love, the, all of the things that we think are really important, like owning things and buying things and having things. They're not really that important. Like I don't need another skirt or shirt or shoes or bag, like those things they're not really valuable at all. Um, I've come to realize that because when you're on the mountains and you have to carry all your stuff, you're like, oh, like I can carry 10 kilos, 20 kilos max. I can't carry all this rubbish. So I can live really simply. Um, living simply is, is also one that I've learned to be a master of your mind. That's, that's another one. Um, and that the mind is like exercising your body. I feel like they 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 come coupled. You exercise your body, it makes your mind stronger, but you have to exercise your mind too. And uh, the mind is harder to, to make strong. And you make it strong by not listening to rubbish and only listening to good things and reading and, and starting to be aware of yourself and being mindful of what you're doing and what you're saying and what you're thinking and what you're projecting out into the world and like your behaviors and your actions and that, yeah, that kind of stuff. Like it's, uh, it's very humbling too. Mm -hmm. um, but I've learned a, a lot from this, this whole experience really, you know, like almost dying and, uh, and then almost in a sense being reborn a different version of myself and kind of, growing and learning about who that is um it's been a crazy amazing journey and I'm very grateful to be honest that I got the privilege to see it for what it really was kind of like a little gift yeah mm -hmm. and well that's the thing isn't it it's you know like we train our bodies to be strong people don't realize that you have to train your mind um you know you the more you train it, you know, through many different things and everyone has their own ways of doing it, the more you train it, it's like, you know, training your arms, training your legs. It's, you're still training your mind and you have to keep up with it. And yeah, there'll be days where you'll have setbacks or you'll have, you know, trigger thoughts or things might feel like it's back at square one, but that's just like, you know, if you're training, for instance, physically and you suddenly pick up an injury or you, you know, something is a niggle, that's not going to make you stop forever. Okay. It might make you stop that day or for, you know, maybe a little bit longer, but it's still constant training and, and progression and discipline. I think discipline is really important. Um, but yeah, the mind is, is very hard to master or to train or just to, you know, just to have discipline. Yeah, completely. So what, what adventures then would you say since everything has happened, what are, what are is like a highlight of an adventure that you've had? Um, the first, probably the first one that I did, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, which was, I was still walking very funny and, uh, and I decided I was going to do all the mountains in the Middle East. Um, and I did it with DHL and ended up going to most of the countries in the Middle East. That was probably the, it was very tiring, but it was also very, very just like powerful. It was a very powerful experience. I got to go to Iran, Iraq, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, 
almost Yemen, um, to Saudi Arabia, to like Kuwait, Qatar, Oman, the UAE, like it was, it was amazing. And I did it very quickly, but it was, yeah, like just seeing parts of the world that particularly as an Australian, I'm so far away from normally um, and getting to really see the Middle East and getting to see it for what it really is. Um, it was really, really amazing experience. And it's probably the, obviously doing the Volcanic Seven Summits is, was an amazing experience as well. But I think that was the, the first kind of jump that I went into, into being in the wilderness and climbing and being out there. And yeah, it was, uh, it was very special. And I guess really these are things that, you know, that experience, for instance, you maybe might not have done had you not have had the accident and everything else that kind of comes with it. Yeah, completely. Yeah. If I, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always hard to tell, but it's kind of like that. Have you ever seen the movie Sliding Doors? I, I, I don't think I've seen it, but I have heard a lot about it. <laughs> It's a really old movie, but it's with um, it's with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and she basically has this moment where she gets on a train, and then then she goes on the train, and you see her life and what happens to her life because she got on the train. And then there's another version of her, so the movie Splinters, that misses the train, and then what happens to her life when she misses, and it's very it's very interesting because you never know if you'd end up in the same place. Um, and in the movie, she almost does end up in the same place. So it's almost like, like, is there fate? Is this destiny? Like, would I have ended up getting to where I am now anyway? Who knows? But um, yeah, it's, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to, to be doing the things that you're doing now after everything, it is, it is incredible. And I can see just talking to you now that you have a lot of pride and, you know, you, you have, you are proud of yourself, you know, to be where you are now doing what you're doing. Um, and it is interesting about the film. Of course I am. I feel like people, people are not proud of what they do or who they are. And I'm, I am very proud of this, this body that was broken and reconstructed. Like, fuck me. Thank you so much. Like, seriously, if I looked at this body eight years ago in a wheelchair and decrepit and like almost emaciatedly thin, like I was so thin and gaunt. I had no muscle. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't turn over and to see, oof, yeah, it's it's crazy. But this is this is the funny thing. I think there's nothing about me that's particularly special. Like I'm not special. I'm just like everybody else. Um, and everybody else has the same capacity within them too. We just have to find it. And unfortunately, I was just in the right cooking pot, the the right conditions, the right environment. Something was just right that allowed me to take this path that I did. And uh, and that's that's really the only thing. And I think so many other people and you see them, they're all out there. Like when I had my accident, I started following every disabled person that I could think of. I was following like Karen Drake and Amy Purdy and Aaron Wheels, like all these paraplegics and people who had no legs. And, you know, they were 
screwing on their legs like in the back of a car and like getting on snowboards and flying down a mountain with like you know no legs um I remember watching this video of Aaron Wheels and he's on the top of this he's like hit it he's a paraplegic um so he's on the in a wheelchair on the top of this like BMX ramp and he's like flying down this in a wheelchair and like doing like somersaults at the <laughs> end and just thinking, you know, to myself, like, oh, like, if they can do this, like, I have no excuse, I have to. So I think that capacity to, to continue and to live, it's that inherent seed of life, it's in everything in nature, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's in us too, because we are a part of that, we're a part of nature. And we're also a lot stronger than we all think and we realize and that's where it holds a lot of people back when they think they can't but we're all a lot stronger and sometimes it just comes out of us out of absolutely nowhere and it's one of those but you can you can achieve you know like you said we are all human um you know and we all have the you know we can all achieve the things that you know if we really want them we can set our minds to them and with that, I want to ask you a final question, which is what advice would you give to somebody that is in that position where they think, I can't, I, I can't, I, I, I'm not good enough. I, you know, their thoughts are there. That's where the, 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 you know, the thoughts are coming in. What would you say to them? I would say that like just keep going but that's kind of a stupid answer on my part I I have the best answer for this <laughs> but you have to read this book it's this book by um Wayne Dyer but you have to download the book it's the unabraded version and it's called excuses be gone and you put it on with big earphones really loud and just listen to this book because he says in this book it's just as easy to think you can and it's just as easy to think you can't. So you have two thoughts. You can think either of them. Like if you think one, you're gonna end up here. If you think the other, you're gonna end up here. And they're just as easy to think either or. So go with that, I can, I can do this, I will, uh, I am good enough. Like all, all of that stuff. Even if you don't even believe it, just if you go with that thought, but it's a great book you need to listen to. It. And actually, every time I feel like shit, my mind's in rubbish. I like, I put it on really loud. And I, from the very beginning, I start again. <laughs> I like that. I think I'm going to have a look at that as soon as I get off this. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, well, is there anything else that you'd like to share today? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And you know what? You are right. It's it, It's true whatever we think we can do, we, we can do. And if we think we can't do it, then we won't do it. And you hit the nail on the head. It's even if you don't believe it, you just keep doing it because one day you then do believe it. And then it's like, okay, this is happening now. Mm, yeah, I know completely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again for joining me. My pleasure. It was lovely uh, getting to chat to you today. As we wrap up today's episode, Caroline's journey teaches us that every mountain we climb fuels the healing process within. A reminder that our inner strength is boundless and the challenges we face are catalysts for discovering who we truly are. So this week, think about the poisonous thoughts that plague you in difficult times. Are they fleeting? Like storms, they eventually pass. And are they even true? 
Just as Caroline faced the uncertainty of her abilities, you too can overcome the doubts that cloud your mind. As you navigate your mountains this week, may you find the strength to guide you towards self-discovery, healing, and letting go of the thoughts that hold you back from your summits. So stay tuned for more incredible stories and thank you for joining us. Until next time, keep climbing and remember that you have the power to get back up.